hello, 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 everyone. We're here on Phenomenal Disabilities with Tree Low, and here today with our guest is Nina G. Nina, why don't you go on ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone about your your career and whatnot? Hi, my, 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 my name's Nina G, and I am the San Francisco Bay Area's only female stuttering stand-up comic. I'm author. I'm also an author to this book here, which is Bay Area Stand-Up Comedy, and this book here which is Stutterer Interrupted, The Comedian Who Almost Didn't Happen, and another book, um, Once Upon an Accommodation, that is also illustrated by Mean Dave, who is also part of the Phenomenal Disabilities Project. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome, awesome. And can you kind of describe to our our low vision uh, listeners uh, what you look like? I am a white woman with brown hair and brown eyes, pretty Italian features. You look at that, it's a profile. Yes, you are, you're gorgeous. <laughs> um, and um, I am 49 years old. I'll look much No, you're much, not. Much, stop much, it, stop, stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah, especially on the Zoom filter. Um, I make sure I have that on. So, um, Yes, and I'm sitting here in what I call my rent-controlled apartment. Um, this is what an what what a rent-controlled kitchen in Oakland looks like. And behind me, I have a poster of Lenny Bruce. There he is. Um, oh, yeah. And and a cupcake from um, from the movie Cabin Boy. The the cupcake that spits tobacco and a rose that my friend Gina gave me which um is in stuttering colors um because I think it was when I did the inauguration she gave me a a a rose in a glass that is for the stuttering colors so because I'm a person who stutters and I also have dyslexia um so just a little bit there Awesome, awesome. And before I forget, uh, audience, I'm an African-American woman. Uh, I'm wearing uh, red lipstick or a, a, a hair wrap as colorful, uh, I would say burgundy, not really burgundy, but more of a rust color. Wearing a t-shirt and I have in my background that says phenomenal disabilities with tree low is, you know, a bunch of neon colors with pinks and uh, I would say mm, maybe like a teal or light blue. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. So as we get started with our show, I really wanted to be able to say, um, you know, thank you for, you know, coming on board. And I wanted to start off with some questions about about your career. Um, Can you kind of tell the world about um, how you got started into your career profession? So um, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a stand-up comic. It is the thing that I love the most in the world. My whole kitchen is like old comedy stuff and things I've saved through the years. So like I have a picture of Emo Phillips, which most of you probably won't even know who he is. He is opening for Weird Al. But when I was eight, when I was in the eighth grade, I wrote a letter to Emo Phillips and he wrote back with an autographed picture that now hangs on my wall, um, along with comedy albums. And, And comedy's just always had a really big impact on me. And um, I've always wanted to be a comic, but that dream never came to fruition because um, growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, it just didn't seem like a possibility for someone who stutters. So the dream died, picked it back up at 36 after I attended a conference for people who stutter. There's there's a whole story there, Um, but I've been doing comedy now for 13-ish years. I'm based in Oakland, so um, I'm part of the San Francisco Bay Area scene. And um, I do a lot of colleges, corporate events, nonprofit events, um, and I have my nightclub act, and then I have like my college corporate act, which is more like kind of like a a motivational um, disability pride thing. Whereas like my stand-up act is um, stand-up and and disability is part of it, but also um, dick jokes are too. I don't know how much I can swear or whatever, but yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I, I 
I had mentioned to a couple of people that uh, I previously inter uh, interviewed and uh, about you, and they like went bonkers. What, Nia G? Are you serious? Oh my God! I was like, wow. <laughs> so Please. you're you're popular. You're very popular in the world. People love you. You know, I actually uh, uh, actually presented this. Uh, for my thesis for the my my uh, my demo reel for for my show and all other projects that I combined together and I added your your, uh, your comedy skit about uh, disabilities and my professors they were laughing so hard they couldn't stop laughing I was like wow <laughs> and you know I mean I, I love how you know you're so direct and you're punchy and crass at times and you, you just got this like snarky thing going on and, and it just it's nice to see that it reminds me back in the old days back you know when comedy you know you just like would just you know you drove it right home oh thank you no i appreciate that and, and that's really why i think is an important art form in the disability cold be i kind of come from like like my mom brought me to see Richard Pryor live at the Sunset Strip, the film when I was nine. So like there are things like that that just really have an impact on you. Um, and that black comics have been able to talk about race has inspired me. Like that's how I want to talk about disability issues. And when I started stand up, my the person who I was like, okay, I want to be like that. It was Paul. M M Mooney, I don't know if you are. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, so I want to see the white female disabled Paul M M Mooney. I'm there not that go. at all, but I think what you described, there's a little tinkle of that, so. Yeah. <laughs> all I gotta say is that when I watch you, I, I, I just get like this, I feel like good inside. So thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to actually segue on some questions, you know, about your, uh, about you and your life. Um, you know, like a lot of times we deal with a lot of challenges in our life, uh, you know, as we navigate with our disabilities. Um, I wanted to find out, like, can you kind of share with the world, like, what were, like, some of your earlier uh, uh, experiences with it and how did you get through it and, and get past it? Okay. Yeah. So I think, like... The toughest time in, around di disability issues was when I was a kid. And I was identified with dyslexia when I was in third grade. That's around the same time that I also started to stutter. Um, and what I always tell people is you should never pity me for having a disability, for stuttering, for dyslexia, whatever. You can't pity me, though, for going to Catholic school in the 1980s with those things because that sucked. That was really hard. And for me, um, I, I was, my parents were really good advocates. My, my dad is hard of hearing and my mom's mom had polio. So I was born into a family that had already accepted disability. So like, I feel like they gave me a really big head start. Um, and so, the acceptance part was like always there. Like, like I feel like I came out the gate accepting. Um, so advocating was the key thing. And my parents would advocate every year for extra time on assignments, extra time on tests, different formats to take tests. I remember like the first accommodation that I ever got in school was, um, it was on a geography test of the state of California. And totally cool because the teacher called me over to her desk and I was like, that's Sacramento, that's LA, that's this, that's that. Did the whole thing, got an A on it, and I was the first one done. Um, if I hadn't gotten that accommodation in the third grade, I would have had to spell California right, LA, I still can't spell lo lo Los Angeles right. Like, it's just not gonna happen. Hey, I, I spell Mississippi, so. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh my God! Yeah, I have that. That that gives me a whole other flashback because people are like, oh, mi, 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 
Mississippi is so easy. It's just like the song. So when it asked me that once and, and put me on the spot and I was like, ah, 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 ah. Um, yeah. So the dyslexia thing was there. And actually that's been more of a challenge in my life than the stutter. Um, so much so that I have a hard time even joking about it and putting it on stage. Like I can talk about it in a motivational speaking kind of way, but I don't have barely any jokes on it um, in my standup because it's just, you know, stuttering, it's a semi-apparent disability. So people have to experience it, that reaction back. Dyslexia, I experience it completely internally. Um, and there are some people who have like read my writing and they've done these things that they've kind of see a, a little bit up and yeah it's 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 a it's much more isolating to have dyslexia than to stutter meanwhile one in five of us has dyslexia um and also i have central auditory process like i'm using dyslexia as a very broad term it's just not when i read it's processing language learning a language right like it impacts me in so many ways right 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 yeah you know honestly um you know a lot of people you know they they hear me speak and i i'll tell them i said look i i i do stutter but i say i i i try to slow my brain down i says why i try to talk slow um and i totally i totally relate you know with you know, having, you know, uh, you know, stuttering and also too with me is like with selective mutism. So all those little layers of everything that combine with that. Um, and I experienced the same, you know, stuff that you went through. I don't think with mine, I think more, it, it took a longer, uh, of, of, we call it me getting my confidence within myself, but, um, it's nice that now I, I, you know, I own who I am. Whereas before I was like, got quiet went, you know and it was like no I gotta just don't be afraid to still yeah speak well, yeah you know. that's kind of where like people don't understand like why disability pride and disability acceptance is so important and it's exactly what you just said exactly that once we can kind of accept that and be like okay this is a this is the thing I have and this is what I need and now I can go through this. And for me, disclosing my stutter early on in my set and getting people used to it early on when I do comedy, um, it like frees me because it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about my stutter. I just have to worry about be being funny. And so it opens you up in a different way that I hope other people can learn from this and also start to experience it on their own. Right, right. You know, it's, and I totally agree. It's just like, I, I, I'll give you an example. Um, when I did the thesis, um, you know, in front of the committee, I did stutter. And I felt that coming on, I was like, oh, God, here comes that, that, I call it that thing. And, I'm, and I shouldn't call it a thing, but I'm like going, you need to sit down. You know, I tell myself, talk, self-talk. But at the very end, it's funny, my professor asked me, he says, um, I mentioned about my show. He says, um, do you, he says, will you have the persona or being able, you know, are you going to speak the same way you are doing, you know, in the, in, in our, you know, in the meeting here on your show? I say, you know what, honestly, this is part of who I am. I, you know, I'm going to embrace it. I tell, I even, you know, state it in every episode as a look, I have various disabilities. You know, if I stutter or if this happens or pause, please forgive me. But, you know, this part of who I am, um, just be patient and just listen to the show and enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Um, but getting back to you, so I don't want to have it on a uh, tree. Um, I want to ask, like, uh, you know, you know, I, I, you know, as, as you have been working, I don't know if you've been working like, uh, like nine to five jobs besides uh, the comedy shows and stuff. And I was wondering, like, what experience have you experienced within the employment system? You know, were they forgiving or understanding or were you, did you experience a lot of, uh, you know, issues with that? Yeah, I think like 
my best example of that was um, when I was applying for internships, like pretty much my whole professional life has been in the area of disability. So um, I haven't necessarily met the discrimination there because they're already to be in it, you know, like that, like they already have a basic understanding. Um, but once when I was in grad school, I was applying to internships and I applied to 10 internships. And I thought that having a disability was a really important experience to bring to an internship, that it adds to the diversity and that it is really good for people who have a disability to, to interact with a person with a disability. And I wanted to be that person. Um, out of the 10 internships I applied for, I mentioned it in all of them except for, except for one, except for one and I only got two interviews. The one that I did not disclose and the one that is a disability organist. <laughs> so ever since then, I never disclosed in my cover le 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 letter. Even when I do go in for the job interview, right. what I say, first thing I was like, I stutter and you're just gonna have to wait for all the brilliant things that I have to say. And then everybody laughs. I present it with confidence. It's also my passive aggressive way to tell them to shut the F up. And also um, I don't disclose my dyslexia until I have the job because I don't want anybody making assumptions about my abilities or accommodations until I get there. You know, and th that's what I love that, you know, you, that that's that directness that you just stated. That is the most powerful. You're you're only you're you're you know, you're who you are, your essence and, and you're just throwing it back going boom. And that's the that's the comedy, you know, punch that I love. You know, very punchy, very direct, but you know, it it is like I said, it reminds me of the old school days back. Uh, you know, we we used to watch like was it Archie Bunker and Good Times, all those shows, and they were very punchy. And I just love just thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, you know, I I just wanted, wanted to segue on some other questions in regards to um, you know, like as regards to like a uh, uh, you know. You know, I guess the ongoing, um, you know, I guess challenges that you may t tackle with today, or, or if, if any. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think there's always the emotional challenge. Um, I think, um, you know, having a disability, there are a lot of ghosts in your life there from the past. Um, and those ghosts are the things that come back and they haunt you and you never know when they're going to haunt you. I think you get better at recognizing them and processing through it, right. but nonetheless, they're going to hit you and you just don't know when or where or why. And so for me, I think like, like the emotional aspects of having a disability are some of the biggest barriers. And that's why my book is called stutter interrupted because as a person who stutters i'm interrupted all the time but the biggest barrier for me has been when i have interrupted myself when i've held myself back in a situation or in life um, where i haven't put myself out there put out my voice i haven't expressed my needs um and that is the thing that has held me back the most um, and held me back in professional world, in personal life, in all kinds of things. And so that to me is the biggest thing. You know, an accommodation's easy, but getting to that place of asking for it, of embracing it, and of um, also, you know, I think I've been thinking about this and doing a lot of presentations in corporations and colleges and conferences. We always talk about the need for the disabled person to advocate and the families to advocate. Uh, we don't always talk about how we need the environment to receive that advocacy. 
And I think that we need to move toward that of how institutions and communities need to embrace how to receive it and how to receive the ask of an accommodation. Um, because like when I was in the eighth grade, I asked for an, or we, it's my family had an accommodation that the teachers approved and it was extra time on tests. Yeah. And, or I'm sorry, it was that I did every other problem for English and for math. So in Catholic school, they love to like, here, do 60 problems at night. I was like, no, I got to do every other one. So I got to do 30. And um, during that year, as I progressed, I, I turned in all this work because I was like, hey, I can actually do this work now. So I'm going to do it. And I handed all this in and the teacher um, when I asked my grade after a couple months, um, said that I was getting an F and I'm like, why I've been doing all this work. And she was like, no, you've been doing half of this work. And so she graded me based on 100%, not on 50%, which would have been 100%. So if I did all of the work that the accommodation was, I still would have gotten an F. So even if I got all of those, every other problems, right, I still would have gotten 50% at a, even though it was a hundred percent under the accommodation. Okay. So, um, that is where that environment was not conducive to ask for an accommodation and to go through that. And I think we spend a lot of time on the advocacy piece when we got to spend a lot of more time on the changing institutions and our culture piece. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, just, uh, Yes, it's interesting. You know, I, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I look at all this and I, I look at how much, you know, people with disabilities have to go through so much hurdles and hopes just to um, keep being who we are um, professionally, uh, life, uh, you know, personal life and all that. Um, you know, and even like with, you know, like, you know, as, as much as like your family was supportive, not a lot of families are supportive. And as much as a lot of uh, and some employers are supportive, there's a lot of employers that aren't. And we just have to learn to just, you know, keep pushing through it and keep our, you know, our, 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 our mojo and confidence that we, you know, keep pushing it out there in society, you know. Yeah, and you know, and that's also where I don't have a ton of hope, and I hope there's some young people out there that do have hope in the entertainment system. I think, um, you know, I, it's the gatekeepers. They want people that don't make make like. I think what what I think is that if there's any kind of intersectionality in disability um, in Hollywood, I think the executives thinks, think that people's heads are going to explode. And if you look at who the famous stand-up comics are, and I'm saying the ones that have a, a special on HBO or on Netflix or, you know, whatever, all those comics who have a, a special, all of them are disabled men who are white. Now, Nanette happened, but that also happened at, like she got the, it's the diagnosis of autism after, after she got famous. If she came out as an, uh, um, if um, Hannah Gatsby came out as an autistic comic early on, would she have gone there? I don't know, I have no idea, but she's like the only one who, have, who has broken through, but she also broke through she already broke through <laughs> so that is where i i really think there needs to be more intersectionality and diversity in the entertainment world around comedy because our my i mean part of why i got into this was like my my story isn't being told um and um yeah but i i doubt that you know 49 year old comics who are mildly overweight are not gonna get the Netflix spot that a young, that a younger woman with a disability might, because we gotta ease into like I'm, I'm old too, so you know it's way too much for their You're brain. Not to old. <laughs> <laughs> Damn no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my goodness. You know what? I want to uh, talk to you about um, your education because you mentioned about um, uh, grad school. Um, can you tell the world um, what you went to school for and 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 just kind of give give them a little fresh perspective on that? Yeah, um, I have a, a PsyD, which is a doctorate in psychology. Um, and so that is where I thank you. It happened in 2000. Um, so it happened a really long time ago. And I've kind of moved away from that. that um, and because I think for me, I really like, I think that the change that needs to happen in the world, um, again, like we can work on individuals who have a disability it's not us who necessarily needs to change it's the world that needs to change and kind of catch up with us um and so that's kind of where i've put a lot of my energy is how to talk about di disability to the larger world to help them reframe it um because i think it needs to be reframed for us as well because we buy into the stigmas and the able-bodied views of us um but it's the able-bodied people are the ones that need to buy into our views of ourselves so right 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 you know i, I you know I, honestly is looking at your career your education and you know it's it's amazing to hear all these these stories that goes along with the even with you're navigating with your life um i want to know who actually was your biggest influencer you know in your life to get you where you're at beside besides your family who who also like maybe within the community of the a comedy world disability community other communities itself yeah so i think like the one who changed my life the most was Miss Bramlett, who was my s s s special ed teacher when I was in high school. Um, and she, and, and then I have another one too, which I want to talk about, just, uh, I was talking about him last night. But Miss Bramlett was the first one outside of my family to recognize that I had abilities and she's someone that I even still, interact with um she i just saw her a week and a half ago um because i did a talk at the commonwealth club which is kind of this it was kind of a big thing it wasn't a big audience but it was a big thing um so um miss miss bramlett came up for that and she lives in los angeles she came up to san francisco for that she brought her friend and like when my books came out she drove up here and was there for the release and she is very special to me because after the trauma of catholic school i went to public school and that's where i found her and that was probably my my most blessed thing was that i got to her um and she had a way of laying the guilt on us in, in, in my resource class. Like if we were not good to a substitute, like the older kids would say, oh my God, Miss Brown was gonna totally get you guys. She's gonna make you feel like this small. And then she came in and she did. <laughs> and part of it was, was that she had high expectations of us. A lot of us have not had those high expectations. And she inserted that in us. And so she was able to also identify talents that I had. Like um, the, the story that I always tell is that um, at my last IEP, which is an individualized education plan that kids get if they have a special ed service. Um, and I keep saying special ed, that is what came up when I was, coming up that's the word we used i know a lot of people don't know what the resource room is so i say so special ed i don't have any shame in that i have no shame in being part of so special ed yeah it's special and that word but like yeah that's 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 where i came from and those are the people who helped me the most were in that program um anyway my last iep she had observed me in the high school preschool program because they were training 
high school kids to be preschool teachers and she observed me doing a, a circle time and that's circle time I like I kick butt doing a, a circle time like I'm so good at it I can make three-year-olds pay attention for a half hour which has really been great because that is a skill that has transitioned me into keeping drunk people's attention for a half hour when I do comedy so just you know it's like parallel um and the observation that she had during my IEP was that I was so good at that that it was like watching Lily Tomlin and what Miss Bramlett did not know was that I was harboring this wish to be a a stand-up comic and that Lily Tomlin was someone that I admired. I actually had a sock puppet. I shared it the other day. It's sitting right here next to me. This is a sock puppet that I made when I was seven years old and I named it Edith Ann after her um, character. And if you look closely, it's signed. You can also see my... Oh my God. Wow, that's totally that's dope. And there's a picture of Lily Tomlin meeting her sock puppet. So make sure you get that for the real. (laughs) So (laughs) okay, Um, I you know I know you um, you mentioned mentioned about your book. Um, You know, can you actually tell the world where they can actually um, um, uh, purchase the book? Yes, the kids' book which do I have that here anywhere? Well, the kids book is Once Upon an Accommodation, a book about learning disabilities. That is found completely on Amazon or at one of my shows. Okay, okay. Because it was self-published, it was my first one. I know I'm selling it through the evil empire. The next one is this can be found anywhere it bought from any of your independent bookstores um, and is published through She Writes Press. The other is published through Bay Area Stand-Up Comedy, A Humorous History. And this book um, can be found at CVS, <laughs> at Walgreens, but you can also order it through the publisher or the bookstore and I sell these at events all the time so just come and see me and <laughs> get it there um yeah I want to ask you some some questions in regards to like your reflections of life you know looking back you know your childhood and you know uh, what you want to share with the world to follow now with yeah you know I write a book that's the main project and then I'm kind of like what do I do next Mm -hmm. and so I've kind of been on that what do I do next thing for a while um one of the other people that I wanted to talk about besides Miss Bramlett was Michael O'Connell and Michael started the Comedians with Disabilities Act and that is the comedy troupe that I'm in he died I think in 2006 and so already hear that the, the troop I hope can can continue to live on in his le- legacy. He had MD and with that I'm gonna wait for a second. It says that my internet is uh, unstable. Am I coming in okay? Yeah. So Michael had MD and he used a wheelchair and was a a stand-up comic. And he started this group, which allowed me to develop a disability voice in a different way than I was otherwise. And when you perform to other disabled people, they get it right away and it's very special to have those audiences that just snap and and get it Um, and you don't have to over explain they already know and Michael gave me that gift um, and I'm hoping to keep that gift going and I'm producing some shows um, under the Comedians with Disabilities Act Um, 
originally it was Michael and Steve Danner and Eric Me, all of us with different kinds of disabilities, but now it's a showcase. And so Steve Danner and I are still doing comedy, but we've welcomed in all these other comics. And, um, and, and I really like it because um, it's kind of sharing Michael's gift with everybody else. Um, and so that is what I'm focused on in October. Um, that is coming up. Um, and partly why I was like, we have to have a show. So we are doing a tour under, uh, under that. Um, and partly I got really tired of San Francisco comics who think they're so politically correct um, using the word retard all the time. Oh, like, I was like, really, really? You guys like are think you're all that and so woke, but you use that word, screw you. Um, and so that was also where like, okay, I if I'm if I'm pissed off, instead of being pissed off at them, I'm gonna do something to change things. And that's um, some advice that I'd like to give able-bodied people, um, is a lot of times did, um, a comic will say something that is ableist and they complain about that ableist comic. All you're doing is amplifying them. You right. are making them bigger. You are making it contentious world. But if you can share the work of disabled artists and disabled comics and disabled people instead and amplify them, I think that is the best way to fight that ableism. The best way to drown out hate speech is to overrun it with speech that you think is the counter of that and so please please share our work so that when some when a, when a comic says something and is being an asshole you have something to counter it with you know i i i, I want to segue on that you know um because with you and i being females you know working in the industry you know um and i'm sure you experiences where there's there's root guys that make their lewd comments you know about our, our anatomy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> how do you how do you get past that or do you just like come off with something real sharky and direct response um i make fun of them which is like <laughs> what i always say is that um i feel like you know it's a people who have a black belt in karate and so they walk down the street late at night open someone messes around with them and so then they can beat them up um <laughs> i'm a disabled woman i mean i've been holding stuff in my entire life bring it because <laughs> i got it um and you know last night i just made fun of the guy then i there was a parrot in the audience and, I, and the parrot was kind of trying to go for my boobs oh, um, because i like held the parrot as i did my act and I was like, I got this guy harassing me and I got this parrot trying to get at my boobs. What a night. And so, you know, just trying to make fun of the situation. the situation. But then I also talked to the guy afterwards and we had a pretty honest conversation. He bought my book. Um, and like, I also hope that like he, like, I, I also hope to move people toward a place where they understand disability in a different way. Because I think, and I don't know about your experience, but sometimes having a disability, they look at you weaker or they look like they look at you in certain ways. I think he was kind of like, oh, why am I attracted to this woman who stutters? This is, this, this, my head's going to explode. And he just didn't handle it right. Um, and so, um, I think we got to a place that um, we were cool, we were good, but the process of art helps to get us there. And that's why I think art is so important that uh, we need that to interact with. Right, right, right. You, you know, it's you know, it's funny, I, I experienced a lot of the similarities of, uh, you know, being sexualized, you know, I mean, especially, uh, I noticed the, I mean, I, I kind of like try to ignore it or walk away or whatever. That's just, 
you know, I call them idiots. Go, okay, they're being an idiot, whatever. Um, but I look at it going, okay, even like this year when I start losing my weight. And I was really proud of just like taking pictures, just going, it's nothing sexualized. It's just like, look at my muscles, you know, I'm, I'm, and I would get like these private messages, you know, uh, from people that are just like, hey, I like you. Hey, just, and it gets to the point where it's just like, oh, keep working out. Oh, yeah. I'm like, really? Uh, and I just kind of go, okay, you know what? Tree, just roll with it. Just go, just ignore it. You know, you know, they're going to be what they are. You know, if you get, you get, uh, but hurt over it constantly, you know, you're not going to keep driving forward. So I just kind of go, whatever. <laughs> well, and, and also that's where um, the place that I get that is comments on the internet for the videos, like my YouTube videos, like when YouTube was, was more than it is now, like back, back uh, a few years back, I got horrible things like, uh, like, like um, just saying that I wasn't funny, women aren't funny, I'm faking my stutter. Like there are so many things, like some of the funnier ones, it's my favorite one was, she'd be an inspiration if she was funny. Like I thought that one was really good, but <laughs> otherwise they were just so awful. Um, and, and that's where it's like, I just ignored those. And so when I get those kinds of things, I just kind of push them away. I, but I read them uh, and sometimes I don't read them, but I make that a choice. So uh, even with those negative comments like that, um, would you say um, it, it wasn't really a backslide for you, but it was more of, more of a, 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 a motivation, inspirational thing going, hey, you know, you know it, it made you stronger, would you say? Sometimes yes. What what it did was it made it made it into my act, um, and so because it was funny, like I got all this hate stuff, and then somebody said, someone said, and I quote this: they saw a video of me doing stand up and said, "This is the bravest thing I've ever seen," and I was like, "Oh, that's the one. That's the one that I hate. That's like you could say I'm unfunny all day long. Don't." Don't, don't say this is the bravest thing. And so my joke about it is this guy said, this is the bravest thing I've ever seen. And I just want to say in your face, 9-11 first responders. And that is because I think those people actually are brave. Like that is who's brave. Me telling dick jokes, not brave. Um, so playing off of that. <laughs> All right, you got me laughing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, uh, sorry, let me get my, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are the contributions you are proud of and, um, that you're excited about that you share with society? Oh, I mean, I think, um, you know, the books stuff, I think, you know, um, I, it, it's not like I have a Netflix credit or it's not like I've been on a talk show, but I managed to create my own, my own stuff. And I think that is if the industry isn't accepting you, you have other modes. And for me, my books have been that mode. And what I always say, because comics always sell their stuff afterwards, they always have like a t-shirt or like a whiskey, like, well, like a shot, shot glass with their uh, swag on it. And like, I always say stuff like, like oh, um, the comic that you just saw wrote a t-shirt. I wrote these books, um, so come and see me afterwards. <laughs> so I make fun of them. Um, and But I also plug their stuff too, so that's good. Um, but that that's like, my books are something that I'm very proud of. Um, and also I had complete control over them. Um, so, um, yeah, so it really tells the story that I wanted to tell. And what's your youngest uh, demographic audience? Or, I mean, I know a lot of the content is very adult oriented, but I just wondering, like, are there kids that are, you know, 10 years old that maybe like, I don't know, maybe they're listening to their parents, you know, when their parents are watching you, maybe they, you know, who identify with you. Um, have you found that you got some, um, some response from them, uh, you know, uh, as young as that? 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, I have my nightclub act. I have, like, my adult-ish corporate act, but I've also talked to schools. And I've gotten some emails from parents um, after I've been at their kid's school, and they said, like, oh, my daughter met you or saw you, and she's more open about her di disability. Um, I, I was just at a conference in Las Vegas, and there was this little girl who 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 had stuttered, and like the family didn't know who I was, nothing. I was the very first key keynote of the conference, and she's nine years old. She is sitting there, and she stutters, and she got to see me, and I was the first person that she ever met who had stuttered, and then we just sat down and we talked. And um, and then like I I hung out with her like me and her went over and got all the free stuff at the tables because you know it's a conference so I had to stock up on my pens um, and so me and her just hung out and um, it was so great and she just stuttered and I just stuttered and um, yeah I mean I and, and I've lost track of her now but I hope um, I. I hope to hear from her and her family because it was really great to have that experience. And um, um, now, do you have like a fan club or something that they can email at? Um, you know, like uh, uh, I'm not sure you're, you're like you're, I know a lot of times you have your PR person that handles all that. Do you have like a fan club that they or they just kind of just do it through like online? Like, like yeah, social media? online. Everything's online. Yeah. Um, and the content that I post online is not for kids. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. I just I just yeah. thought, thought maybe like some of the stuff that you do like for. Um, uh, for the school stuff that maybe there's like a, a way of uh, reaching out but I mean since there's you can contact directly via um, you know on Instagram itself and on the pictures and stuff you know and also my website is ninagcomedian.com so people find me there and my and my contacts there as well Got it, got it, got it. Um, I want to ask you, like, um, what advice can you give to folks who are, how do you say, still trying to find their authentic self? Doesn't matter if they have a disability or not. Um, um, I, you know, if they're unsure about getting involved in activism, relation, you know, being, you know, in relationships, you know, not even just that, going back to school, because that's another one that's, you know, anyone who's, uh, I don't care any age that you are, um, what advice would you give them, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it, the most important thing is to find that thing that you love the most. Um, and I think sometimes we drive that thing under because it doesn't pay well or it doesn't, you know, like there are all these other things that, um, that kind of get in the way of that. Um, and I think it's important that we um, take a look at that and, um, and really see what we love. And once we know that, also know that not everything has to be so big that I think sometimes in activism, it's so overwhelming. It is so overwhelming all of the things that, that all of the things to get done. And this goes for able-bodied and disabled people too, or you know, whatever combination of activism that you have. Um, and that's where if you can pick like maybe one thing a year to try and focus in on, I think that helps to make it a little more manageable and my own therapist um talked about how one of the best things that you can do is your advocacy works so well that it becomes ingrained in the culture of an institution or or of a culture whatever it is it becomes so ingrained that they don't even know you're the one who did it and so to be invisible, I mean, it kind of hurts your ego at times. It's like, hey, 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 I came up with that thing. I was the first one. But if someone else can embrace that and run with that, that's really where we want to go. And I think having role models who 
inspire us, but also know that they are the ones that, you know, like I always look toward Dick Gregory as a comic because he just brought comedy and advocacy to a totally different place and never sold out, never sold out. Now I read about him and I watch um, him and I'm like, oh, I'm never going to do that. But if I can take a little teeny tiny aspect of that, um, I think that's where, um, that's a place where I could go. Um, and I know that was a very unclear answer and I hope you can edit that down. It was actually very clear. It was very clear. Um, you know, honestly, I mean, you're very straight to point with everything that you've been uh, 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 addressing, you know, in regards to, you know, your life and career, education, um, you know, uh, contributions, you know, I, I really love it. And I, you know, honestly, you know, to be honest with you, when I first met you, I was nervous because uh, I was, I looked you up because I know we were doing a, uh, a speaking engagement together. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to be with her. No, and that was before that. It was before we were doing a production project for ADA in Lead On. And I was wow. like, oh God, okay, I better do an amazing job. <laughs> You know, and, and uh, you know, I just, you know, it's funny how we, we put ourselves to those little moments of like, you know, uh, and, and but you realize we're all human. We're all, we do the same thing. We, we poop the same. We do the same. Poop comes out some way or another. Um, so, <laughs> and it all stinks. It all stinks. It all stinks. There you go. There you go. You know, I, and, and you know, and, and as we're coming to a close, I, I honestly want to say thank you so much for you know coming on the show, being real, being truthful, and you know, honestly, it, it's it's refreshing to be able to go. Okay, you know what? Here's the voice of a woman who can be direct, you know, about everything, and you know what? This is how life is we're still driving on we're being who we are we love who we are and we're doing it with the best as, as possible you know and I want to say thank you and and uh I honestly um you know you know keep driving on keep motivating keep, keep getting these people to keep going you know what I'm gonna do my thing too you know keep on keep on you know to you I'm able to have that voice so appreciate you having me be part of this and you keep on doing it too because it can get hard sometimes sometimes you're like well, what am I doing I'm not doing anything um but we need to keep on doing that because you never know what weird little thing is going to be the thing that either elevates your career or elevates someone else exactly 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 well until then Thank you, everyone, for listening to Phenomenal Disabilities with Tree Low and Nina G, our special guest here. It was wonderful having you all aboard, and have a good night. Thanks. Thanks.